Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the best of the Roto Experts in the morning. Josh Allen, as Agent McCarron suffers a shoulder injury that could put him out an extensive period of time. Lots of uh, negative talk from Josh Allen, not just from Patrick Ramsey coming out, but he's had a really good preseason. 9 of 13 for 60 yards and a touchdown, uh, which he climbed the pocket near the goal line uh, over the weekend. Josh Allen has looked really good, especially on deeper throws. Yeah, look, and with the injury to A.J. McCarron, which is unfortunate for him, it looks like he's going to miss his one real shot to at a starting job. It's become a two-man race, and Nate Peterman has actually played pretty well also. So it is going to be a team that's clearly, you know, the Bills are an interesting situation because I, I think I was talking to George Kurtz yesterday, and he was saying he's the Bills – could be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Now, they made the playoffs last year, and I think they made a conscious decision to continue their rebuilding process despite the fact that they had made the playoffs last year. So does that put you in a situation where you don't really care if Allen takes his lumps, he can just learn on the job, or do you go with Nate Peterman because maybe he's been a little bit more efficient? As of right now, they're playing mostly, I mean, it's close to a dead heat. Pretty much. Uh, well, I, I, I think, you know, watching the film that, you know, that Allen has shown more upside and, you know, why not give the rookie the chance to play? I know that I know that the, the coaching staff likes likes Peterman, but yeah. I feel like he's just doesn't offer anywhere near the upside of Allen. Uh, how do you feel about Allen in a two QB league right now? Uh, I guess I don't think the Bills defense is that bad that he would get the opportunity to throw a throw as much as uh, some other bad teams might does that make sense like Miami's defense could be pretty porous this year so through hell or high water Tannehill's probably going to put the ball in the air a lot they'll be trailing a lot now I suggest that the I'm not suggesting the Bills are going to win a lot of games but I don't necessarily think their defense is going to be so porous that they'll be in second-half shootouts. So, look, I think that's an opportunity there, but I think he's low-end QB2. I'd, I'd probably take him over a few guys, but that's low-end QB2, and um, you, you obviously have to really make sure that he's the starter come week one. But in a 2QB league, maybe you take him as your third and wait for that to happen. Yeah, my dynasty league, I actually got him as a third-round pick in the rookie draft because uh, it seemed like a lot of people were 
down on him coming into training camp. So I got a nice value there. That's a very uh, good value. Yes. Uh, my first two picks were Naheem Hines and Anthony Miller. Then I got Josh Allen and Jordan Wilkins in the last round. We had a four-round uh, dynasty. You're, dynasty you're cornering draft. the Colts running back market. Yeah, I did. With Dalvin Cook, uh, there were reports last week with that Latavius Murray was going to be in a timeshare with him, and Murray's were on well for most of the preseason. Uh, had a much better opening than he did last week, but he fumbled twice and lost one over the weekend against Dallas. Uh, these, what kind of role do you see Latavius Murray playing in this backfield? That's a good one. Uh, I like this question because we actually talked about this yesterday. Uh, I did with George Kurtz. And my problem with the Dalvin Cook love and I do have a little bit of an issue with it. I'm not suggesting he isn't very talented, but he isn't quite a year off of ACL surgery, right? So there are, and he does have Latavius Murray as somebody to lean on. So to for me to assume that going into week one, that Dalvin Cook is the man, and he is going to start ripping off games like he's an RB1, is a little bit of a fool's errand. Now, if you sit here and tell me that you're justified by saying, look, I'm not going to be, he's not going to be great for September, maybe even part of October, but come playoff time, Dalvin Cook is my ace in the hole, then that makes more sense to me. But I do think, especially early, Latavius Murray has a real role in this offense. Timeshare, can I pick the percentages? No. But would it shock you that for the month of September, as Cook tries to get back to near 100% that this is a 50-50 or close to it? Would that shock you, Scott? Uh, I think it's going to be more like a 70-30, personally. To start, like week one, you think it'll be that heavy? Oh, but I thought you meant meant the amount of carries. Uh, I think starting week one, I think it's like 80-20, Dalvin Cook. They're, just, yeah. they're keeping him in bubble wrap right now. Yeah, no, here's what I'm saying. Let me rephrase the question. They're both say they're both playing week one. Yeah. What do you think the carries? What do you think the touches would look like? Do you think that's seventy thirty in favor of Cook? I would say sixty five thirty five. Yeah. So close around that. Yeah. Look. Or sixty forty. I'm more comfortable yeah, with. See that's see that's what I'm saying. I think it could be like a sixty forty to start it out. Like why would you run? Why would you take advantage of Cook early? This team has. Uh, huge aspirations. They have one singular aspiration this year, right? They are trying to win the Super Bowl. You don't go out and pay $84 million and and re-up a couple of other guys and have all of this talent on defense and not have your eyes on the prize. Keeping the eyes on the prize doesn't mean Dalvin Cook should be a workhorse back uh, for the month of September when the guy has an ACL injury 11 months ago. So, uh, I do think Murray has a lot of value early in the season, and I think it depresses Cook's value early in the season. The reason you're drafting him as an RB1 is because you understand that he could be your guy come playoff time, but don't expect him to be as productive as, say, a Fournette or even a McCaffrey. Guys are being drafted around him early in the season. I don't expect that. Pat Mahomes, 8 for 12, 138 yards, one touchdown, one interception, almost had a second pass intercepted. He's been very erratic, but he also did his 69-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. I think Holmes is what I 
I say this preseason, what we've been seeing all along, he's the kind of guy in one week where he can throw for 325 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. But there's going to be games where he plays against really good teams, possibly, and he could have one touchdown and four interceptions. Completely agree. I think that summarizes my thoughts on him uh, very succinctly. So that's why it, I think it baffles me a little bit that people have been as high on him as they've been all along. Now, we're seeing it soften a little bit. I'm looking at your rankings right now. You have him uh, after outside of the top four tiers. So where do you have him? Right around 15 or 15 so? 15 on, on rotoexperts.com. Check out my updated ranks and exclusive edge package. and You can enter uh, promo code the king at checkout for a special discount. So that's where I feel really comfortable about him. If you're in a Q, 2QB league and you've locked up, say, a hypothetical, you have Cam Newton at 7. You got Cam Newton in there at 7. You feel like you have a pretty good floor because, frankly, that's what Cam is good for. You could have the explosive nature of Cam, but uh, with the rushing yards and the, some of the rushing touchdowns, you get a pretty good floor out of Cam Newton. Um, then you could add somebody like Pat Mahomes and if you get great Pat Mahomes on a given week, you're probably going to win that week. You get bad Pat Mahomes, you still have a little bit of a floor with Cam Newton there. And, and you know, I'm just using Cam as a, an example. It could be somebody else. But uh, reality is that's where I have him. I, I don't think he's going to be consistent, but he's an explosive guy, and they have explosive weapons. I mean, you can't deny the Tyree Kill, Steve Watkins, Travis Kelsey trio uh, won't be explosive. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, I even mentioned the running back. I, I don't trust Sammy Watkins. I've been on record as saying that. Jameis Winston either. with a good preseason game, 13 of 18, 226 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. On that touchdown, though, it, uh, you know, the broadcasters were saying that you know, this is what they're trying to unteach Winston because he was falling to the ground and flung it up and got lucky with Chris Godwin catching it for a touchdown. Uh, it's a pivotal year for Winston. He's got a gunslinger mentality. I don't trust him to be more than a QB, too. I don't either. Uh, I, I agree with everything you said. What he said it there. is a pivotal year for him. I think that off. I, I'm not a big believer in the offense. I think the Bucks could really struggle this year. I think Dirk Cutter's on the hot seat. I thought they already should have made a change, but it seems like the GM, coach, and quarterback are all tied together pretty tight, so that's why they didn't make a change. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith in this offense overall. We talked about the running back scenario. I think it, it depresses the value of guys like um, Mike Evans and even that tight end duo of O.J. Howard, who you obviously like long-term, and even uh, Cameron Brait, who has been a valuable tight end to some extent uh, throughout these last couple of seasons. So um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think James is a QB, too. I, I can't envision a scenario where he makes it into QB1 by the end of the year, unless the Bucks were so bad defensively that he had to end up getting in shootouts. But he's careless with the ball. He just is. And uh, to your point about him throwing it up in the air for a touchdown, like, he still does that stuff a lot. It's his fourth season. So um, you figure he would have learned it by now. Scotty, did you miss me? 
Of course I did. You know, it's good, it's good, it's good to have you back. You know, we're uh, now in the second week of preseason is finished, and uh, Naheem Mines is pissing me off. Yeah, Naheem Hines needs to hold on to the ball, yeah. Scotty. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Listen, um, <laughs> they're, running, they're starting Christian Michael. They got Josh Ferguson out there. Then even Jordan Wilkins, who himself, you know, can't hold on to the ball, although it gets picked up in the end zone for a touchdown. And then our boy Naheem Hines doesn't look like he can sniff any action with the ones. Let's talk about this game, okay, the Ravens and the Colts. Definitely Naheem Hines. We may have to have a little bit of cause for pause, be throwing those guys out. What do you think of Andrew Luck, though? Because to be honest, I think he's got a little bit of rust that he still needs to shake off, and we still have yet to see him, Scotty, throw the ball more than kind of 20 yards down the field. Last night, he didn't have his number one target, T.Y. Hilton, either, so you got to think that gets better, but uh, I still think uh, there's some rust that needs to be taken off by Andrew Luck. Yeah, you know what? The, the thing that struck me the most about watching him last night was is that the reads were there and his mechanics were, were fine and he was nimble in the pocket, but it looks like the arm strength isn't there. It's like you, you don't see the zip on his passes uh, and you know, most of his better completions were like, you know, underneath stuff and yeah. things like that. And it's, He's definitely got radar for Jack Doyle. I think Jack Doyle yeah. could be top five fantasy tight end last year. He caught 80 passes last year from uh, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, do you think Jack Doyle is still – I mean, definitely, right? A lot of his best best work last night was kind of over the middle of Jack Doyle, even you know, kind of avoiding the rush and still hitting Doyle over the middle. Do you think Doyle – and I, I understand, I agree with you. Do you think Doyle still is locked on like that if T.Y. Hilton is on the field? Oh, yeah, because, you know, you can't just throw to just T.Y. Hilton. He's got to have mm-hmm. a second, third option, and T.Y. Hilton's more of a deep deep guy, whereas, you know, Jack Doyle is outstanding for moving the chains. Yeah, absolutely, and to your point, Scotty, another thing that we noticed, none of uh, Andrew Luck's balls traveled over 20 yards in the air, so he still hasn't hit any of those like big deep outs or, like you said, taking a shot over the top to a guy like T.Y. Hilton. I'm going to tell you something, though, Scotty. You know what I saw last night on the other side of the field? These Baltimore Ravens, they are taking shots down the field. First play of the game, play-action shot to Smoke Brown. It did not get completely. Completed, but uh, he did get a touchdown later on. John Brown, that is. Joe Flacco looking pretty good. Now, I mean, there was a lot of talk, uh, Scott. You know, oh, Joe Bla- Flacco looks the best in camp that he's done all, all, all career, that he took his pass catchers to a camp, you know, kind of working with them in the offseason. And, you know, we had so much buzz about Lamar. But maybe it's, start, maybe it's time to start uh, – acknowledging that really there is no quarterback controversy in Baltimore. Um, I think at one point last night, they said he's a year away from being a year away. Uh, So let's put Lamar aside for a second. Talk to me about the prospects for Joe Flacco in a super flex or in a two quarterback league this year. Yeah, Flacco is pretty much like Alex Smith was looking last year when they brought Patrick Mahomes in. Uh, suddenly uh, it sparked him to play better. And, you know, nice 29-yard complete, completion to Crabtree and then a perfect pass to John Brown who toe-tapped in the back yeah. of the end zone. But with Flacco, even in his best years, he was not that good of a fantasy quarterback, even as a QB, too. 
Uh, you know, he was solid. and Sometimes he was a little above average. I wouldn't even say outstanding. So I'm still not going to get excited from Joe Flacco from a fantasy perspective. But if I was a Ravens fan, you know, that, you know, right. that'd be different. And, you know, maybe this sometimes in DFS when he's got a good matchup and he's aptly priced, you know, maybe I'll take on a uh, shot on Flacco for a decent floor. But I, I really can't see drafting him. You know, when I get later in the draft, you know, it's like if Derek Carr is still there, I think right. he's going to have a nice rebound season. And I'd much rather have, say, a Derek Carr even take a shot on the upside of Mitch, Mitch Trubisky. So I'm not feeling it. But, look, he's the starter. You know, Lamar, Lamar Jackson was, you know, last night just like the accuracy was not there, overshooting people, uh, you know, off, off their hands, et cetera. You know, Lamar Jackson is not ready, anywhere near ready to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is uh, becoming more and more obvious. It looks like, Scotty, you may need to update those rankings. When I look, you have Lamar Jackson as QB 30, Joe Flacco as QB 35. So, um, you know, obviously in the next one, it looks like we may flip-flop those a little bit. And the other thing I'll say with you, uh, Scotty, you mentioned how, yeah, like Mitt Romney back in the day. But, um, you know, you mentioned that he's not really that intriguing or enticing anyway in fantasy. One of the points they also made on the telecast yesterday, and you know, and I think it was the example was that first play taking a shot down the field that they are trying to be more aggressive in the passing game. Right. So maybe we see a little bit of a different Ravens offense that is more conducive for fantasy. It looks like that's what they are trying to do. Put the ball in his hands a little bit more and throw the ball downfield a little bit more. Might that make him a little bit better for fantasy purposes? Yeah, it'll make him a little bit better. But even in his best years, Flacco was not that good of a fantasy quarterback. You know, this will turn him from like total afterthought, you know, to, you know, maybe decent backup at best. Yeah. Look, everybody's down on Flacco and Eli Manning coming into this year, but neither one of them was surrounded with a lot of talent last year. You know, to just blame the quarterback, you know, Flacco was like just throwing short passes between the hash marks, but he didn't have any playmakers last year either. So, you know, that's something to remember. He didn't have a Michael Crabtree, didn't have a John Brown, he didn't, he didn't have a Hayden Hurst. You know, I think uh, who's going to be occasionally relevant. And, you know, somebody Willie worth Sneed. watching as a DFS play. You know, Willie Sneed, who if he can rebound, you know, is a fantastic possession receiver and a fantastic NFL number three wide receiver. Not somebody I want for fantasy but you know these guys are I think at this point in their careers they're only good as what you surround them with and both of them guys have more talent I'd rather have Eli than Flacco we heard when Darius Geis went down that uh you know at first that the Washington football team was going to handle it in-house well not so fast okay they had Orleans Darkwa in they had Jamal Charles in of all people but then they had Adrian Peterson in for a workout and he did enough to impress them they signed Adrian Peterson to a one-year deal now here's the thing Scotty I mean this to me kind of hurts everybody you know, because to me, I don't think they bring in Adrian Peterson to be some kind of bell cow back. If they thought he had that potential, he would have been signed a long time ago, right? So you put him in a pot with, uh, you know, with Rob Kelly, with P. Ryan, who also, I believe, sprained his ankle when I was gone. You still have Chris Thompson there. This is now shaping up to be a full-on committee. Or do you think that Adrian Peterson really becomes a lead dog in our nation's capital? Yeah, he's not becoming a lead dog. You know, it's, right. 
we saw what he could do last. He had a few good games last year, but then he had some stinkers. I, I think it's Rob Kelly and him sharing carries on early downs. Uh, Shamaja P. Ramboy, when he gets, when he when he comes back. Uh, I think he's going to be behind both of those guys. If they were confident about P. Ryan's health or his productivity, they wouldn't have signed Peterson, I don't think. And then you got Chris Thompson, obviously, on passing downs. But Adrian Peterson, you know, he was not going to agree to come back if he was just going to sit and be depth. You know, that Adrian Peterson has too much pride. You know, this guy is a future Hall of Famer. So what it does, though, is really put a dent into the narrative that Rob Kelly has some sleeper potential. Right. That's what I was saying as well. You know, bringing him into the fold, I think it hurts everybody because it just makes it another kind of full on committee. I do think an interesting note, though, you know, Washington's big time tackle Trent Williams and Adrian Peterson, they were teammates in uh, Oklahoma back in their college days, and Trent Williams apparently was a really big piece of getting uh, Gruden and the team to bring in Adrian Peterson for the workout, and it ultimately worked pretty well. I mean, Scott, I don't know if you've updated ranks yet, but can we play a little bit of a name game here in terms of uh, Adrian Peterson? Like, where are you kind of slating Peterson? You know, I'm looking at, uh, let me start with, say, like, would you like Peterson or... Um, you know, say a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, who has been trending down, uh, getting action, say, in the second with the second teamers in the second half, you know, maybe behind a guy like Kerryon Johnson. Would you rather have Adrian Peterson or LeGarrette Blunt? I'd probably rather have Blunt because I feel like he's hmm. still going to get goal line carries when play begins for real. That's that's going to be a big committee, too, but I think. He's still a better goal line runner, you know, than Peterson at this point. And if anything, I think Kelly's going to get more goal line carries than than Peterson. Would you rather have Peterson or Latavius Murray? I think I go Latavius Murray. I think he has huh. more opportunity to steal goal line carries. Okay, fair enough. And you in, in the latest ranks that I'm seeing, uh, and by the way, when I'm talking about the Kings ranks, I'm talking about the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Great ranks, great t- content, even the blog from the fantasy executive, okay, is going to be the key for you to win your leagues and win that cash this year. Don't forget to enter the promo code the King at checkout. And I see you have Latavius Murray all the way down in Tier 11, all the way down at RB54. And if you have Adrian Peterson, and below that, it kind of, to our point, renders all of these Washington backs pretty much obsolete, maybe with the exception of, obviously, Chris Thompson and PPR settings, right? Yeah, it's a, like, I don't think I'm going to end up with any Adrian Peterson shares. Adrian Peterson goes to the guy who brings a magazine to his yep. draft and, you know, still knows the name. the name or is not as prepared, you know, mainstream player who's not as prepared as somebody who listens to this show or subscribes to the exclusive Ed Fantasy Football Package. Oh, it's 11th round. Adrian Peterson's still there. I'll take him. Yeah, absolutely. Do not fall into that name recognition trap. You know, I'd rather have somebody who's on the ascent than someone who just got signed off the street using up the last, uh, last drops in the gas tank. Another thing that caught my eye, and yes, we're going to talk about the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets for a second. But, Scotty, did you see that they were talking to the Jacksonville Jaguars about a potential pr- trade for uh, Dante Fowler, the uh, pass rusher who was a top pick out of Florida a couple of years ago? Now, here's my thing. I think it's interesting because, you know, we're talking about this Teddy Bridgewater potential market that the Jets have as kind of like an asset now um, if they want to 
try and turn him into something. And when I talk about teams that could use a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, the Jags are certainly on that list. I mean, Scott, to be quite honest, I think right now Teddy Bridgewater would be the best quarterback on any team based in Florida. So this kind of makes sense to me. I mean, Blake Bortles has gone 18 for 29 for 212 yards and one interception in six drives so far of the preseason. And, Scotty, because I want you to chuckle, I'm reminded this time last year – you know, Doug Marone, like, opened up the competition to include our boy Hene Alavodka as well. What do you think about not only the idea of uh, the Jets trying to move Bridgewater as an asset, but the idea that the Jaguars, you know, could be a team uh, that maybe makes sense for this kind of uh, opportunity? I, I think he would. You know, uh, Henny's no longer there. He's in Kansas City. Right. And, you know, they really don't have anything you know, behind Blake Bortles, you know, that they can go to. And I think it would make a lot of sense. I know they they, they showed some confidence uh, in Blake Bortles by giving him a four-year deal, but he's already looked up and down in the preseason. That game against Minnesota, you know, did not look too good. And, you know, he could be a detriment. He could be what's keeping them from making the Super Bowl. You know, I think if everybody in Houston stays healthy, they can make the Super Bowl. But right now, all they have behind them is Cody Kessler and Tanner Lee. And this would make sense, but I don't think think Jacksonville wants to tweak their defensive line at all. So it's probably not going to happen if if it's for, you know, a defensive lineman. You know, it's kind of like fantasy when you go out and trade, you target the other team and say, okay, I want this for this. And it's probably not going to happen. But if Teddy Bridgewater, you know, went to Jacksonville or uh, I would say lesser Miami, he'd, he'd become a factor in two quarterback leagues. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, when he was healthy with the Vikings, always struck me as somebody who would be better for NFL, not for fantasy. Teddy Bridgewater is the type of quarterback who's a crisp decision maker and does a nice job of taking what the defense gives him, but you're not going to get too many big plays. So fantasy-wise, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater getting moved really moves the needle at all. But what it does tell me fantasy-wise is that Sam Darnold's going to be the guy, and I think he can yep. flirt with high-end quarterback two status in fantasy this year. And, you know, in, in DFS, I think it'll be a good streamer at times, and he's going to make me take the over on uh, the win total in Vegas for, for the Jets. I think they're going to win eight games. Well, that's very that's music to my ears. You know, when I said the best quarterback in Florida, don't forget, I said he. I, you know, you mentioned Miami. You mentioned uh, we talked about Jacksonville. I think he'd be the best quarterback on the Tampa Bay roster as well. Okay, so the best quarterback in all three teams in Florida, if you ask me. I've asked you a couple of times about the Green Bay Packers and their wide receivers. Like, listen, I believe that the Packers are one of the few offenses, Scott, that can, in fact, support three wide receivers. We've seen it before with this team. You know, we've seen Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb be relevant at the same time. And so now it's Adams, Cobb, and we wonder about this third wide receiver. The incumbent is Geronimo Allison, but for those of you who have not been following and are just starting to get into fantasy football, the Packers drafted not one, not two, but three wide receivers, Scotty. But what we're hearing now is Jamon Moore, who was one of the guys that I kind of had my eye on, has been uh, battling drops in training camp, and he may be on the roster bubble. Um, what do we know about these rookie Packer wide receivers, and how do they stack up to Geronimo Allison, in your opinion, for the number three wideout job in Green Bay? I, I think Allison is the guy because he's got the experience. This could be a coach plant 
where it's you know it's he says the coaches say to motivate them to the media to motivate them to play better. You know, I don't imagine they would cut a fourth round pick. You know, Jake Kumarau and uh, Marcus Valdez. Valdez Scantling have played better in the preseason, so maybe something to motivate. Long ones, right? Long touchdowns every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know they come against the second teamers, but still they matter because you know that's what helps guys make the roster. So uh, I don't know how many guys they they plan to carry. You know, maybe Trevor Davis is on on the roster bubble as well as D'Angelo Yancey and Kyle Lewis probably are. Uh, You know, Donis Jennings is a college football free agent, so. Yeah, I, I think I think what they're trying to do is, you know, more more is like he's he's run his routes okay and he's been getting open, but he's dropping the ball. I don't I don't think I really don't think they're going to cut a guy just you know because in his first preseason he's having some bumps. That would be too short sighted of a of a savvy organization, but like the Packers. But you know, it makes you think less about drafting him in best ball. Okay, but let me ask you this: I mean, they drafted the three rookies. We know about, like we said, Allison. Obviously Cobb and obviously Adams. You think they carry six wide receivers? I don't know how many they, they actually plan to carry. It's, you know, because, uh, I mean, they're going to probably have to cut one of these rookies, right? I know, but to cut a fourth-round pick, uh, you know, I, I think I think that'd be a little short-sighted. All right, well, something I'll we'll definitely know who they're watch. Ca- not, you know, maybe Equanimous maybe Brown, you know, doesn't make right, the roster. Right, so we'll see, but definitely something to watch as the Packers – you know, have their dress rehearsal this week as well. It'll probably be in the second half. You see that battle going on for roster spots. You were talking also about Peyton Barber maybe as a sleeper. I don't know if he's going to be a sleeper anymore with all these negative reports about Ronald Jones. It looks like Dirk Cutter is kind of entrenched with uh, Peyton Barber as that starting running back. Um, We both think it's going to go bad in Tampa, especially those first couple of weeks. When uh, Fitzpatrick is under center, you like Peyton, uh, Peyton, Peyton Barber over Ronald Jones right now? I think I have to. And, you know, I, when I art- write an article like that on Seahawks.com slash news slash fantasy, uh, we can check it out also on the front page of the site right now for Roto Experts. Um, you know, you're talking to a wide audience of people that, you know, may not know about this Peyton Barber news. So in that sense right. – Depends on who you're talking to. To you and me, he's not a sleeper. We know about this. A lot of uh, you know our savvy audience members know about this, but some of the public at large may not be aware of this. So in that sense, he's a sleeper. And you know, also people may think that he's not going to keep the job for long, either. I think he's got a, he's he's got a vice grip on it for now because uh, Ronald Jones has have a terrible season in terms of production, fundamentals, everything. So he may hold this job for a while. Yeah, and the other piece of it, remember, rookie running backs also, if they struggle in pass protection, that, along with uh, ball security, can really keep you off the field until you nail that down. Scotty, I want to stay in Tampa Bay because you have another sleeper, a guy that's been getting a lot of buzz lately as well. I'm talking about Chris Godwin. The, I think he's the third-year wide receiver out of Penn State. Now, listen, people know Stairway to Evans. People know about Deshaun Jackson. But word on the street there, the tea leaves that we get to read, 
are that it might actually be Chris Godwin that's lining up opposite Evans in two wide receiver sets, and Deshaun Jackson may move more to the slot, may become more of a third wide receiver for this team. Chris Godwin, listen, you say it big and fast. You got to like the size and speed combination. Um, a lot of people think Godwin can take a step forward. I guess my question for you, Scotty, is you know, with even without putting a name into it, do you really think the second wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Bucks offense is enough to be a uh, starting wide receiver in fantasy? Yeah, he's going to challenge, I think, to be a wide receiver three, be at hmm. least a wide receiver four. You know, this is the compliment that they've lacked to Mike Evans all along. He's a big, fast target, you know, caught a touchdown pass last week, and uh, Jameis Winston likes to sling it. He likes to throw it, so Godwin's going to be involved. Fair enough. Right now, as I look at your rankings that I can find on the Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football package, don't forget to enter the promo code the King at checkout. You have Chris Godwin, it looks like right now, as your number 48 wide receiver. So that's what? That's kind of like the he's a flex play right now. Right now, maybe with the potential to sneak into the wide receiver three conversation. But right now, it looks like you have him as a flex play, right, Scotty? Yeah, it's uh, right now, but, you know, but there's all these opportunities for more upside. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see what happens when the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, keep it moving uh, in week three of the preseason and beyond. Last name I want to mention for you right now. Uh, at the wide receiver position, I go to San Francisco. Talk about Marquise Goodwin. Scotty, I mean, Marquise Goodwin is the guy who built that chemistry potentially with Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of last season. Remember, everyone thinks that the number one wide out there is Pierre Garçon. However, Scotty, I mean, you have Pierre Garçon all the way down, I think is like, I can't even find him. He's so far down for you. I think you have him in the 50s, Scotty. You have him as wide yep. receiver 50. And then you have Godwin, or excuse me, Goodwin, at wide receiver 25. You have him in the wide receiver, back end wide receiver 2, definitely wide receiver 3. Is it because he is the go-to target for Jimmy G in San Francisco? Are you worried about the Pierre Garçon, what was it, like his neck or his back injury? Uh, Goodwin proved to be more than just a speed guy who ran fly routes towards the end of last year. Yeah, it's uh, he had some really good gains down the stretch, and it seems like, you know, this preseason he had a 60-yard game in his last exhibition outing. Uh, I think there's a real connection between these two, and uh, credit to Greg Sussman, you know, for calling out God Goodwin last year, and I was giving him crap about it because he never did anything in Buffalo, but here's another guy that led, led the Bills and may become a standout somewhere else. There's a real on-field rapport between Garoppolo and Goodwin, and I think you're going to see – Goodwin maybe threatened to be a high-end fantasy wide receiver too this year. Really? So you think he could be into the top 24 this year? Yeah, it's possible. You know, maybe he could be top 15. It wouldn't shock me. All right. Wow. That would, yeah. So let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this, though, because you have on a number of occasions pumped the brakes on Jimmy Garoppolo, right, saying this might take some time out there in San Francisco. But if 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 – if Goodwin can be, you know, kind of a solid wide receiver too, that has to mean good things for Jimmy Garoppolo, no? Yeah, you know what? I originally wasn't in on Garoppolo. I was, I was telling somebody this. You're warming on him, huh? Yeah, it's, I'm starting to warm on Garoppolo. Not in a Chris Ventra kind of way where, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, you know I want to rank him top five or something like that. Uh, but, you know, the more I watch Garoppolo, like, I said to myself, the guy's never played in a competitive game really. You know, in terms of, like, there was nothing to play for down the stretch. 
doesn't have a lot of start experience, and it's different when you come out at the beginning of the season and you're the guy. Now, look, you're not going to see the same looks that you do in the preseason that you do in the regular season. It's going to right. be a few bumps, but every time I see Garoppolo under pressure, he makes the right decision. He makes the right read. I think you can see that he's learned things from you know being in the Patriots, working with Brady, etc. You know, even if they haven't talked a lot, you know, just observing how Brady works and uh, you know being in that New England environment has kind of rubbed off on him where it hasn't on some past quarterbacks and. You know, I'm more of a Garoppolo is like a top 10 guy, you know, not a top seven guy. Fair enough. Uh, but you can see him in that same level as like kind of, in essence, got the reason why you can wait on quarterback, right? You know, same kind of thing with a guy like Stafford, um, a guy like, you know, I like Phillip Rivers, you know, some of those guys are going to, I mean, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, some of those guys will be available for you if you wait all the way down to like the ninth round, you know, and take whichever one of those guys kind of fall for, to you, you'd be comfortable with them as a week in, week out quarterback, right? Yeah, but you know what? I think I think now we're seeing it. If you if you monitor some of these mainstream drafts, not only the experts are really waiting on quarterback. You know, I think the average player is too. Scott, I don't know if I'm with you on this one. You mentioned Atlanta Falcons uh, tight end Austin Hooper, right? You have him ranked as your 18th tight end. Um, and, you know, I was on him last year as a sleeper. He had a great uh, week one where he scored, like, I think like it was a 70-yard touchdown. So I was really excited about that. But then he never came through for me. And the thing for me with Hooper in Atlanta is, you know, by my count, honestly, he's the sixth option. You know, you got Julio. You got Ridley, you got Sanu, and then in the and then in the backfield, you know you got Freeman and you got Coleman. I just think there's almost too many mouths to feed for Hooper to stand out among that group when you got other guys like Njoku, Burton, Seals Jones, Reed, Kittle, the guys in Tampa Bay, um, you know, Eifert if he stays healthy. I just feel like um, there's so many options at that level. I'd rather try and find one who's a little bit higher on in the higher up in the pecking order for his team than Hooper in Atlanta. But call me crazy, Scott. Why are you on Hooper? Yeah, I disagree with you about him being the sixth option. Uh, I think he's easily going to fall past Mohamed Sanu, who I'm not a fan of, and you are. Uh, and when you that's talk about the running, Scott. running, you think who? Wait, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. You think what you, do you mean? You way overrate Mohamed Sanu. He's mediocre. So what do you mean? Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean when you say you think you're telling me you think Austin Hooper's going to have more catches this year than Mohamed Sanu? Yes. Mohamed Sanu is a mediocre receiver that's never done anything. Okay, we, we have goal. to we have to we have to make a we have to make some kind of wager I, on this. I, I gave you the numbers on Sanu. The numbers speak for themselves. Can we track this? Okay, and and the numbers. You're on ju- Hooper, you're ju- you're ju- you just love Sanu because he was on a team that won for you. That's ridiculous. Okay, Scott, we're gonna track this all year long. There's no oh, way. Oh, it's, rid- it's ridiculous Hooper that I have a different opinion Muhammad on you. Sanu. When when when, no. the, when the guy is completely mediocre. You're you're stuck on last year with Hooper. You know you got You have to you have to not look backwards. You got to look forward. We always talk about how tight ends have a bumpy road. You okay, know the first so, year or two in the NFL. This is going to be his breakout year, I think. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, who can take a big top off of the defense. Uh, you know that 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 concerns defensive backs. They're going to have to be thrown to somebody over the middle of the field and in the red zone. You know they're not going to throw to Tevin Coleman in the red zone. They're not going to throw okay, to Devonta Freeman in the middle here. of the what field. What are you saying exactly? You are saying you believe Austin Hooper will what have more catches, more yards, more targets, more touchdowns? What than Sanu? Let's 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 clarify this real quick. All three of them. 
All three. Austin yes. Hooper will outperform Mohamed Sanu in targets, receptions, and yards, says the yes. King Scott Angle. All right, yep. uh, we got to make sure we track that one. But continue with your point. Well, we'll agree yes. to disagree, have more than, but tell me why. He'll have more than like 703 yards and five touchdowns, I think. Uh, Austin new, Hooper, 49 gonna, catches, 526 yards, three touchdowns. You think he is going to jump 20 more catches this year in the same year where they draft Calvin Ridley? Yes, Somehow yes. Sanu is going to be compromised, but Hooper is going to get 20 more catches than last year is what you believe, Scott. Yes, before, before, okay. before your head's about to pop off and steam's coming out of your ears, uh, that's because he's going to go forward, and Mohamed Sanu, who's always been mediocre, is going to step backward in this passing game with Ridley there, Hooper taking a step forward. And look, if you're right, you say you're right, but you way overrate Mohamed Sanu. He's mediocre. Austin Hooper, this is a tight end who's very talented, uh, you know, can catch the ball in the middle of the field, shield his body from defenders. I don't think you're looking backward. I'm looking forward. Scotty, you have Austin Hooper as your 18th-ranked tight end. Okay, I'm be moving him How- up this week. Okay, you're gonna be. You already yeah. have him yeah. five spots higher than the consensus, and you're gonna move yes. him up even more. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, well I think uh, I think you're going a little too far on Austin Hooper. Well, but you, you time will tell. Is is Muhammad Sanu a wide receiver four this year? He's a four or five. He's a four or a five. Yeah, he's he's gonna outperform. Star- I think he Austin starts at Hooper. five. It's ridiculous. I think he starts he's- at five. Okay, I mean, I understand that you want to, you think I'm overinflating Sanu, but the, but thinking that he is going to be outperformed by the tight end uh, on in this on he's, this he's uh, gonna he's gonna fall back to ridiculous. about like 52 catches this year. He's gonna lose about 15 catches this year, and and somehow Hooper's going to gain catches. Hooper and Ridley are going to gain catches at the expense of Muhammad Sanu. All right, we shall see. That's the glorious part. You know, That's I don't. I don't do know why you. Fact. I don't know why you. Why don't why you love a guy who like only went over seventy five yards once last year? But you know, that's up to you. And what did Hooper do last year? He had a I, great I, week I, one. Outside of that, about, you, you know this. Scott. You know this. It's not about last year. It's about looking forward. And tight right. ends, and you when know, I look the forward, first year or two, the first year or two in the NFL, they struggle a lot. I think the third year is the breakout. All right, Scotty, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to clearly uh, you know name the stakes on this one because we're gonna have to follow this all year long. Another thing hey, that we are following, right, Scotty. If you're right, I'll say you're right. You know. Okay, great. I expect I expect yeah. that to happen in about seven. Not what Muhammad said. Yeah. We shall see. We got plenty of things that we'll be able to track all season you long. You just I like saying sure it's a new day. No, we'll see. We'll see. What I also you want like it to be relevant for people, the nickname. No, I am trying to move on. We, uh, my point will be proven during the year. It's all good. Just because you say so. it, just because you repeat it 18 times doesn't make it more true, Scott. We will see. That's the beauty of them playing the games. But as for fun and games, Scotty, one of the things we're doing right now is the team name contest. And I got a couple of new good ones okay. that I want to bounce off of you. All right. First one is for uh, Jay from Docky. How about how about he, uh, how about, how about spare, spare the tarad, spoil the child? 
<laughs> that could work, but we are internal here. We got to let the listeners, yeah. because remember, the winner's getting a free uh, Roto Experts exclusive edge package and the personal phone call from the king to help set their lineups one of the weeks this season. We got another one. It's Jay from Dachi. He's, uh, he's got another Adam Thielen one. I think we've heard things like this before, um, but got to get it out there. Uh, what about Thielen on your booty? Uh, we already have she stealing on my Ditka, so. Yeah, so we got someone. Better. We already yeah. got yeah. one of those. Um, yeah. Drew Snyder is out there with Joe Buck yourself. What do you think about that one? It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's pretty, that's pretty good. And oh, my, 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 Scotty's my, considerate. Yeah, my, uh, well, yeah my, my nickname for Mike Blewett, too, is Joe Buck. So you think you oh, yeah, right. Hear that. <laughs> there you go. We'll be yeah. hearing them next I, I, I uh, hour. Slide, I'm going to slide that in at number seven. I like that. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm putting that in, a, in, your, yeah. uh, in your top because, you know, Joe with Scott, with you, what I, do, what I do is, like, when I read it, you know, I, I like to see your knee-jerk reaction. You know, like, every yeah. time I would say Henny Ala Vodka, you would chuckle to yourself, right? Yeah. Feeling on my dick, you chuckle to yourself. And when I said Joe Buck yourself, you, uh, you chuckled. And so that's my read. Yeah. On you. I got one more that I like a lot and I'm going to put into my top seven. Um, it's from Jim Martell, who's been out there, a fan of the show. He follows me. He's part of my Stats Over Beats cipher. What do you think about this one, Scotty? Uh, turn your head and goff. <laughs> there it is. That's, that's, the, that's the reaction one. I'm talking about. That's, a good that's one. the reaction I'm talking about. You like that. Yeah. I know you've been to the doctor before. All, all men this have. Is, and we get that my- one, right? This is my new number two. Ooh, Scotty. We like that. Okay. So it bumps you stealing on my Ditka down, huh? Yeah. Nice. All right. So turn your head and goff from Jim Martell. I like that one a lot as well. Jim Martell, also the guy who submitted my number one pick overall for Netflix and chill. So Jim Martell is threatening Tyler Bryson as uh, like the best contributor so far. Jim Martell has two in my top seven now, the turn your head and goff and for Netflix and chill. Um, I like that one a lot. When I saw that on Twitter yesterday, I was like, ah, that is pretty cool. Weekdays, 7 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.